Hello, this is Father Neil here and welcome to the April 13th episode of the podcast Catechism with Father Neil. Today we'll be looking at number 751 to 757 of the Catechism. Paragraph 1. The Church in God's Plan. 1. Names and Images of the Church. 751. The word, the word church, Latin ecclesia, from the Greek ekalein, to call out of, means a convocation or an assembly. It designates the assemblies of the people, usually for a religious purpose. Ecclesia is used frequently in the Greek Old Testament for the assembly of the chosen people before God. Above all, for their assembly on Mount Sinai, where Israel received the law and was established by God as his holy people. By calling itself Church, the first community of Christian believers recognised itself as heir to that assembly. In the Church, God is calling together his people from all the ends of the earth. The equivalent Greek term, Kyriake, from which the English word Church and the German Kirke are derived, means what belongs to the Lord. 752. In Christian usage, the word church designates the liturgical assembly, but also the local community, or the whole universal community of believers. These three meanings are inseparable. The church is the people of God that God gathers in the whole world. She exists in local communities and is made real as a, liturg- as a liturgical above all, a Eucharistic assembly. She draws her life from the Word and the body of Christ, and so herself becomes Christ's body. Symbols of the Church. 753. In Scripture we find a host of interrelated images and figures through which Revelation speaks of the inexhaustible mystery of the Church. The images taken from the Old Testament are variations on a profound theme, the people of God. In the New Testament, all these images find a new centre because Christ has become the head of this people, which henceforth is his body. Around the centre are grouped images taken from the life of the shepherd or from cultivation of the land, from the art of building or from family life and marriage. 754. The church is, accordingly, a sheepfold the sole and necessary gateway to which is Christ. It is also the flock of which God himself foretold that he would be the shepherd, and whose sheep, even though governed by human shepherds, are unfailingly nourished and led by Christ himself, the good shepherd and prince of the shepherds, who gave his life for his sheep. 755. The church is a cultivated field, the tillage of God, On that land the ancient olive tree grows, whose holy roots were the prophets, and in which the reconciliation of Jews and Gentiles has been brought about and will be brought about again. That land, like a choice vineyard, has been planted by the heavenly cultivator. Yet the true vine is Christ, who gives life and fruitfulness to the branches, that is to us, who, through the church, remain in Christ, without whom we can do nothing. 756. Often too the church is called the building of God. The Lord compared himself to the stone which the builders rejected, but which was made into the cornerstone. 
On this foundation the church is built by the apostles, and from it the church receives solidity and unity. This edifice has many names to describe it. The house of God in which his family dwells, the household of God in the spirit, the dwelling place of God among men, and especially the holy temple. This temple, symbolised in places of worship built out of stone, is praised by the fathers, and not without reason is compared in the liturgy to the holy city. The new Jerusalem, as living stones, we here on earth are built into it. It is this holy city that is seen by John as it comes down out of heaven from God, when the world is made anew, prepared like a bride adorned for her husband. 757. The church, further, which is called that Jerusalem which is above, and our mother, is described as the spotless spouse of the spotless lamb. It is she whom Christ loved, and for whom he delivered himself up, that he might sanctify her. It is she whom he unites to himself by an unbreakable alliance, and whom he continually nourishes and cherishes. Okay, very well. So we continue. And uh, it shouldn't come to a as a surprise to us that once we start a new section in the Catechism, we begin to look and see what the Scripture says about it. I mean, this is really um, how the Catholic Church works. If we want to look at any problem, we see the first thing, the way we study anything, we see what does the Bible say? What does the Word of God say about this? And looking at the church, and again, there'll be many, many, many other references to Scripture as we continue this section. This is a major section of the Catechism on the church. Um, but they the will come back time and time again to the Scripture. And because the Scripture is the source of everything. And we, uh, we really, um, it starts off by giving us the definition of church. The word church, I mean, we take it and we know what church means. But the word church has this relationship to the Lord. That in uh, in the, the Romance languages like Spanish, like Italian, Ecclesia, Chiesa, Iglesia in, in French, uh, all these words come from the 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 uh, the Latin and the Greek. Ultimately, the Greek, which means to call out, to be called out, to be called out from the world. This assembly of people who've been chosen have been called. Even we can see our English word "call," Ecclesia, Ecaleo. So this call is the same word. Those who have been called, there's a vocation to everybody to be part of the church. And then the English and the German word of church is more properly belonging to the Lord, belonging to the Kyrie, belonging to the Lord. And so first of all, the church is this um, people, God's people. It's this, these people who are forming an assembly, who have been called by the Lord to be in the church in this generation. And then it goes into these beautiful images Again, we can come back to them again and again, but this the sheepfold, the building, the family, the temple, and this Jerusalem which is above. That Again, you nearly have to be a poet to be a Catholic, because the faith is so poetic. The scripture is so poetic, it's not a dry treatise, but it's something that is full of imagery, full of poetry, full of a beautiful language. And this, in a sense, you, you, you need to know what a sheepfold is like. You need to see the sheepfold where, in the, the Holy Land, that they say the sheepfolds are in a, a circle of stones, uh, a, a circular wall without a door, with just a space for the door. 
but there isn't a door in it, and that the shepherd at night brings his sheep into his sheepfold, and he sleeps in the gateway, in the empty doorway, that's where he sleeps, so that if the wolf or the thief tries to get out the sheep during the night, they have to go through him. And he has his crook and his staff, he has his stick ready to fight off any attacks. And again, all these images are fantastic, these images of the church. Uh, again, if you if you free time to look at the footnotes, I mean, footnotes 144, 145, 146, 147, 148, 149, uh, really give an awful lot of scripture references as to what the church is and helps us by looking at these images to understand a little bit better. So really, uh, this invitation to be part of this beautiful thing that is the church, that the scripture speaks about so often, uh, in many specific ways, especially, for example, in the letters of St. Paul, in some of the Gospels, but also in the stories, the stories that Jesus tells, the imagery he uses, is a very good explanation of what the church is. So tomorrow we'll continue, and tomorrow we'll be looking at number 758 to 769. God bless.